0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Thursday, it's December 3rd, it's 2020, and we're here with PSU fans too. Sean Newsom. we're going to talk some college football, some other stuff with the specialist package here at Roto-Grinders. Go over maybe the CSGO slate uh, for today. Sean, how are you doing, my friend? not too
1: bad uh we've got about a week under our belt so far in the ncaa basketball season and the college football season only has a couple weeks left so getting to the end of the tunnel i guess i would say where things should lighten up a little bit for me so looking forward to a december where hopefully it goes pretty well and close out the year strong and you know how how it is in dfs you always want to clear the the end of the year strong, well, everything's 30% off because uh otherwise you're paying taxes on all of it.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh that is that is a hundred percent true. Um, so <laughs> if you haven't checked out the uh specialist package here at Rotor Grinders yet, uh make sure you guys are checking that out. You can add the core four and specialist together. It's 79 99 a month when you do that. You get NHL, MMA, college football, college basketball, esports, WIBA, soccer, any other niche sport that seems to pop up um, outside of NASCAR. There's projections for most sports. Um, there's projected ownership for the big tournaments and stuff like that. You get access to the Discord channels. I think the Discord channels are worth the the price of admission alone. Um, I know that I spent a lot of time in the CSGO um, Discord talking and, you know, breaking down slates uh so if you ever have a question as far as csgo goes you can always feel free to hit me up in the discord i know uh sean you spend a ton of time in the college football um discord channel the lol channel the euro league channel everything soccer um uh see you posting in all those and like you said we got a week under our belt with college basketball huge first week for the subscribers here at rotor grinders and um Hopefully we can keep that rolling. We'll have projections up for tomorrow's slate, right? Isn't there like a four-game college basketball slate for today, Thursday?
1: Yep, there'll be always projections will go up for the college basketball slates day of. Uh, yeah, we're as we've sort of seen with our college football projections as, as the season goes on, we get more data, the projections become even more and more better than what they were earlier in the season. So we've seen that with college football. Uh, now that we're sort of starting to see the Actual stuff locked in and rotations and who's going to play what roles, what minutes uh, for college basketball. We'll be able to start fine-tuning all of those projections. So as the season goes, it'll be better. But, yeah, to hit on what you said, the the Discord is honestly worth more than the price of admission even. Uh, the, The Discord has so much good information from so many people that are looking for news. I know in college football we'll have 30 or 40 pieces of news that break like last weekend for example we had uh about an hour and a half before lineup lock uh chuba hubbard was ruled out so we all moved to ld brown then about another half an hour later it looked like ld brown was going to possibly miss the game and that opened up a 3200 running back who ended up having i believe like 200 yards and three touchdowns and he was heavily he was relatively heavily owned due to the discord but there are still half a field in in cash games and then I would say three quarters of the field in GPPs didn't have the guy. And if you didn't have him, you were not winning anything on uh, Saturday.
0: Let's get into some college basketball. We'll start, or college football, sorry. Um, we'll start with this uh, two game Thursday. So you informed me right before we got started um, the college football slate looking like um, it's going to be a showdown slate for Friday. Maybe we'll go over the one game. Uh, maybe you can give quick thoughts on that. But Let's look at this two game Thursday slate. Big, big tournaments like 20k to first place on DraftKings, like they keep, you know, there's nothing else going on. So it's like, all right, we're just going to keep throwing um big tournaments out there for college sports, esports, like I love it. Um I like playing these niche sports. I wish I've had more time to dig into college basketball, but I just really haven't had the time. So um let's get started here with this um what is it north texas mean green the mean green against louisiana tech bulldogs um i I love when you come on and like we get these random colleges playing football against each other
1: oh yeah we get the most random teams that are playing the most random players the most obscure types of teams it's always a great thing in the midweek uh what are we looking at in this one yeah, so these games are going to be interesting um, for the most part. So I guess we'll start with Louisiana Tech. So it's going to be a really interesting week from talking about these teams. We'll start with Louisiana Tech. So their quarterback in during the season so far has been Luke Anthony. Uh, they've rotated two quarterbacks pretty much each game between Luke Anthony and Aaron Allen. Aaron Allen came in last game and played a majority of the game, which was the first time he's done that. And I'm hoping we get some sort of news that he would start this game because I actually think he's the better option uh, and he's a more mobile option than Luke Anthony. But this game should be really open. North Texas defense stinks. Uh, Louisiana Tech is not a great team. And the total in this game is like 67 and should be a much more open game than the second one. So like, you want to play players in this game, the issue is, is that you are going to have issues at each position, which we'll get to. Uh, so you had to run back on Louisiana Tech. Their top running back quit last week. He's done for the year. Knocked it out. So, uh, I, I give Justin up. Henderson. I'm done. Yep, he's, <laughs> he's out. And we're and we're seeing that happen in a lot of teams, which is why everything is so crucial. And news changes drastically. Um, and that's what people are going to get sucked in. There's no O next to his name, and he's not ruled out or anything. And if you look, you'll see Justin Henderson averages 8.1 points per game in his 3K. So if you're not careful, you might play him, but, uh, so Justin Henderson has quit and will not play. Uh, Israel Tucker is the new starting running back. And I think he's probably one of the best options at running back on the slate. Um, he is the best running back. He gets utilized somewhat in the past game. And if you look through his game logs, you can see that he's been sort of the volume guy over the last few games when, uh, Henderson sort of got overpassed anyways, and wasn't really being used as frequently anyways. So, Tucker is the best running back play on the slate, and then Greg uh, Greg Garner should be the backup for them, so he should be interesting. We go to receiver, and we're going to see a really unique situation that you may not have heard before. The top receiver on the team quit the other day and is opting out. Uh, so you have it at running back, you also have it at receiver. Uh, Adrian Hardy is the receiver that is opting out. Uh, he actually does have the O next to his name, though, but he's been their top receiver for two two and a half seasons, and he is done with college and going to prepare for the NFL draft. Um, You look at their receivers, they rotate really heavily. Smoke Harris is probably their best option, but he doesn't really get much of an upgrade from the Adrian Hardy withdraw. Uh, The person I think that gets the biggest benefit is going to be Isaiah Graham. Uh, But you have Smoke Harris, uh, Hebert, Graham, Johnson, Powell. They're all okay options, but none of them are super great from the louisiana tech side so is it weird for you stevie to just see like people quitting midseason and just teams getting shaken up at a whims notice
0: it would have been weird had Kurt purge street not like had his rants uh like the other night with the michigan rant and then like went on social media and like talked about like how how the season's kind of playing out with like people opting out and stuff like that and like i get it like if you're 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 not really playing anything. And like, it it seems like college football has been one of the worst when it comes to like controlling COVID. Um, So like if you're not playing anything and you're like a sophomore or junior and you know that like, you're going to have more eyes on you and you have more potential maybe the next year. Like I get it. Um, I get as many reps as I can, like especially at the college level to show and prove something. But like, I, I understand like it completely.
1: Yeah, like I think for me, this is the weird thing, right? Is the people that are opting out, a lot of the people that are opting out are like guys that are probably undrafted type guys. So it's, it's just weird for me to see. I, I think it's it's what's frustrating for me as someone who played team sports growing up and just in general, it's hard to see people just quit mid-season unless it was discussed before the season or something like that. And, and the way that I would have liked it to been approached is sort of like, if you're going to opt out, opt out before the season, if you're going to opt out during the season, if if it's known within the team, like I think it's good for some teams. Like for example, like Justin Henderson is a senior running back, was getting work, all of a sudden you're not playing for anything. If you can get your freshman sophomore running backs and reps, that's a lot more helpful than someone like Henderson. But all of these guys could have came back for another season if they wanted to. Uh, because obviously their eligibility is not affected at all this season, so it's just a really weird situation on all aspects uh, around this year. But I, I, it would be difficult for me as like a teammate or someone on a team to see someone quit mid-season. Uh, if you qu- if you decide to opt out in the middle or before the season due to COVID fears or anything like that, that's understandable. I can get I can get that. It's hard for me to just sort of see people having rough times of it or sort of losing playing time and they just decide they're done and they're out. Uh, but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta respect it because some of the guys opting out are high end draft picks like Terrace Marshall and guys that are legitimate NFL prospects that for them to get injured, it's good. It could be catastrophic
0: for them. Oh yeah. Like I, I think that, that is the, that is the difference, right? Like if you're a, a freshman or a sophomore on a, 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 a like, Like this team, for instance, like Louisiana Tech Bulldogs. Like if you're a freshman or sophomore and you're getting reps, like go out there and play North Texas Mean Green. Like, I don't know. Um, Do you have anything else from this game or do you want to move on to the next one?
1: Yeah, we can talk about uh, North Texas. So you have for North Texas a total quarterback split between Austin Oon and Jason Bean. And it's been a very weird split where they – I we saw it earlier in the year, like the one guy, I think it was uh Bean. Bean started and he had like two sick drives where he just unleashed and then they pulled him, put the other guy in for two drives. Then Bean came back, was useless because he just lost all of his rhythm uh whatsoever. So the issue is is both of them are a bit mobile. And here's a little bit of a trivia question for you. So Austin Oon is a sophomore quarterback for North Texas. How old is he, Stevie? Twenty six. Uh, I believe he's like
0: 31. I I was close. Yeah,
1: yeah. He played. I knew, I think, when you
0: like when you said that, I was like, oh, it's a Brandon Whedon situation. Yep, yeah, it was. And then he played, I believe,
1: in the Yankees farm system uh, for about eight to nine years. But he actually has some speed, or at least had some speed when his his 40-yard dash was clocked like a decade ago when he was a senior in high school. <laughs> um, so you have those two quarterbacks who are both solid but neither of them are anything special. And then the running backs are sort of split three or four ways uh, with all of those guys getting action. My preference is probably uh, Attaway or Torrey. Those have been the guys that are getting the most, but the best play on the slate is that receiver. And it's actually incredibly flawed. And you'll enjoy this because we've talked about it before on this show about people game log watching and seeing what they see out of people uh, so Jalen Darden, if you look at his log really quick, Stevie, you, you're, you'd you probably be pretty impressed with his log, right? Like looking at Jalen Darden, you're like, okay, five games, he scored a touchdown. He has good catch volume each game. He has good, good yardage each game. Would you agree that he looks pretty good?
0: Man, I mean over 20 fantasy points in four out of five games. Yeah. So what if I told you
1: they've played seven games and the two games that aren't showing in his game log – are 10 for 204 and one and 13 for 244 and three. <laughs> so, this guy's a beast.
0: That's what you're yeah. trying to say. <laughs>
1: so, basically, like they're only showing Jalen Darden playing in five games, having eight touchdowns, 35 catches, 434 yards. Well, if you actually look at his game log, he's played seven games has about 900 yards receiving in seven games averages about eight to nine catches a game and averages like two touchdowns a game. You just don't get a guy like this. And and like I said, he's clearly the best player on the slate and the guy that you want. Um, And he's going to be incredibly high owned. Everybody's going to play him. Um, I think in tournaments, like if you go a little bit underweight on him and it could pay off if he doesn't have a massive game, the problem is is there's just not tons of guys that are going to produce tomorrow. And it's going to be very difficult for him not to get there Uh, because even if I think if he puts up like six for 80 and a touchdown, he's probably going to be in an optimal. And as you can see, like that's very, very normal for him. But the other guy that's appealing for them is Deontay Simpson. Um, Early in the year, he wasn't really utilized because they had other guys that were playing uh, mainly shorter and shorter got injured middle of the season. And then Simpson sort of upticked his role. He missed a game, one of the more recent games. But as you can see, uh, snap counts have been great. He had a 5-for-113 game. He had a 3-for-60 game. Um, and this team wants to throw the ball a lot. So I think Simpson's one of the better receiver plays that will be not as owned in this slate.
0: All right. Um, what do we got? We got Air Force and Utah State, right? Yeah. Utah State. Um, man Roberts, right? I, I, like – Isn't he really good? He went nuts last week.
1: So the issue with Air Force is they run the triple option, and they are incredibly reliant on whoever is the producer on that game. And last week, Timothy Jackson is their normal fullback. Um, I call it the fatback because it's just the fullback that just plows up the middle for whatever you can get. Um, So he is the starter normally. And then last week, Mergia started – but Brad Roberts ended up having a huge game and really took off. The, the two games before that, Roberts didn't play at all. So it's just very difficult to know who's going to get the volume for uh, Air Force at running back. But Roberts is going to be incredibly chalky due to what he did last game. And I think he's not the best option at that price point in terms of, like, I would much rather have a guy like Jalen Darden than Roberts. But Roberts is a really good play based on what we know, too. But you, you're going to need to monitor the Timothy Jackson news. Um, for them at quarterback, Hazi Daniels is probably the best quarterback option on the slate. Uh, they run the triple option. If they take away the, the fatback, then he's going to be a guy that can produce and he, we've seen him have solid games thus far this season. Um, obviously, you're not going to get a very good pass log. You might not even get a good run log, but the issue is is the first game you have two teams that are splitting quarterback reps heavily. It makes it difficult not to play Hazi Daniels.
0: All right. Um you know, uh, I was just I was I, I am just building a team. Um sorry, like completely thrown off trying to trying to build a team as we were going here. Um what about the other side of this one?
1: Yeah, so uh, we look at running back here, and Jalen Warren quit the team and opted out and is transferring. Uh, so you, that's what I said. Like it's wild what we're seeing this year. So Warren last week, just the game started and like ten minutes in, he hadn't played, and the announcers are like, "Ah, oh, yeah, Jalen Warren's not with the team. He's he's left." And it, you're just sitting there and you're like, "Okay, cool, glad I played him for seven K. Um, awesome." Uh, so yeah, so he quit last week. I think Henry Cole is going to be a very good cash play for everyone. Um, he didn't get a massive workload last week. And the problem with the Air Force is that they suppress plays due to them running the triple option. But at 3600 it's really difficult for Henry Cole not to pay off his salary. And with just sort of limited options all around on this slate, if you're going to want to play Roberts, you're going to want to play uh, Jalen Darden, then all of a sudden you're going to have to play someone like Henry Cole. And, and he's not a bad play at all. He started, played a good majority of the snaps last week. They just weren't running with him as frequently. Um, for Andrew Peasley, the quarterback for them, I think it was a very fluky game he had last week. I don't think we're going to see a 118 yard rushing game from him ever again in his career. Um, that said, he ran for 118 yards. So he proved that he can do that, which when you have a slate of two quarterbacks that are going to rotate on two different teams, you may have to play someone like Peasley. Uh, if, if either of the other teams in the first game, if their quarterbacks were announced and like, let's say someone just isn't going to play. If you, let's say Luke Anthony isn't going to play or Austin Oon isn't going to play anyone like that, isn't going to play that quarterback becomes the top quarterback in the slate, whichever one were to be the locked in starter. The issue is I just don't think we're going to get that. So I think you could play Peasley or Hazik Daniels and or, I guess, but you could also play guys in the first game and just really hope you run well in variance. And I think that's the key to GPP tomorrow is going to be running both sets of quarterbacks, either the ones that do start and the ones that do not start in that first game. Because I think it's a pretty high likelihood that one of the quarterbacks in the first game ends up in the optimal, but it might not be the person who starts it might be the person who doesn't, who comes in after that to
0: relieve them. This is a, this is an interesting slate. Cause you, you have the quarterback situation, but you have like strong running back plays, strong wide receiver plays. So, um, and on a two game slate, would you even consider not running like a quarterback as your super flex to just be different? Yeah. So that's, that's like the
1: favorite joke. Everyone likes to talk about in uh in the discord, everyone, bugs me because it's basically never, ever a non-two quarterback slate. I refer to Superflex as quarterback two, long-winded version. Um, The the issue here is that I would say, yes, that is a possibility because I don't want to play Peasley, but I don't want to play any of the other running backs or any of the other receivers either. Like, if you look at the slate, I'm okay playing like Henry Cole. I want to play Darden, and that's about it. After that, I don't really want to play Brad Roberts. I don't really want to play Oscar Attaway. I'm probably going to have to play someone, but there's just a lot of people I don't really want to play as it is. So if I'm not going to want to play anyone, I'd rather play one of the quarterbacks who could go nuclear if they, if it breaks right for them and they get um, a majority of the stats for that game.
0: Uh, anything else from this two gamer, um, maybe talk about this. Um, what would be the showdown slate for Friday? And Maybe we'll talk some CSGO and then we'll get out of here.
1: Sure. Yeah. There's not much else for the showdown slate. Like I said, I think the key to the slate is going to be the, um, the, the switching of the quarterbacks and, and that stuff, but the Utah state receivers, I guess. Uh, so their bleeding receiver actually quit, but not this week. He quit last week. So uh, we got in a viewpoint of like, who's going to be upgraded. And for them, Derek Wright was the upgrade at receiver and he's 3,500. He played a more prominent role in their offense last week. And then the crime dog, Justin McGriff, uh, he had a pretty solid game. And I think he's their number one receiver for Utah State. But again, Air Force really, really suffocates the game down by the running the triple option. So it really is going to limit the amount of plays that are running that second game. And that first game is just a much, much better fantasy game. It's just a matter of the quarterback issues that we see in that game.
0: Uh so UNLV game out um for Friday. We'll have a one game slate uh to be Louisiana of Louisiana against um the Abstate Mountains Mountaineers. Um let's let's just kinda since it's gonna move to more of a showdown one, we don't have pricing two we don't have prize pools just kind of give us a quick overview what we could potentially look at at this game and obviously you'll be around in discord on friday to kind of answer questions about it
1: yeah definitely uh everyone make sure you check back on this um i to be fair this game could get canceled too so if it does you can just fast forward through this portion of the show and uh, go right on to CSGO. go but louisiana lafayette is Not a triple option team, but they are an incredibly run-heavy team, and they do not really like to throw the ball. Uh, Levi Lewis has been really efficient this year and is probably one of the better plays in this game. Uh, He'll be priced up with the other guy. uh, Or he'll probably be the highest-priced player in this game, but he's probably the safest and best option in this game. Uh, The running backs for Louisiana Lafayette are Elijah Mitchell, Trey Regis, and Chris Smith. They are going to probably rotate very heavily. I would say Mitchell will get the majority of the work, then Regis, then Smith, but it'll be something like a very, very even workload with maybe like a 10 to 15% decrease going down to each of them. So they're all pretty similar. Um, The issue with this team is they don't throw the ball at all. Um, As you see, looking at this team, they don't have anyone that averages over 10 points per game fantasy wise. And their number one receiver, Peter LeBlanc, was out last week with a with COVID issues. Um, he's supposedly back on the depth chart and will most likely play. But no one's really great for them receiving wise. But you're probably going to have to pick at least someone. Uh, for me, Kyron Lacey is the top receiver in this slate. Earlier in the year, he was the cheapest guy on this team, um, and now he's the most expensive as this slate that was out, the two-game slate dictates. But hopefully we get a bit of a price redu- reduction there. And then on the App State side, uh, Zach Thomas has been around forever. He's solid. He has a little bit of mobility, but the upside's kind of limited. Um, Datrick Harrington was their lead back, and he is out. Since he went out, Cameron Peoples has stepped up and been the focal point. But they're sort of running like a three-man backfield, and I think Nate Noel – has actually jumped Marcus Williams Jr. in terms of where his position on the depth chart is. And Noel is 3,200 on the two-game slate that will be deleted. I think Noel will probably come in probably sub-2K on the showdown slate. And he probably will be the best value on the showdown slate, I would imagine. And then receivers-wise, Hennigan is their best receiver and is not priced like that. I think you'll get a reduction in his price as well going into the slate, but this is two decent defensive teams. And there really isn't any great plays in this game. So it's going to be kind of a stinky showdown on Friday.
0: Stinky showdown on a Friday. You know what that means? It means get ready for the big slate on Saturday. That's, that's all you're saying to do.
1: It is. And luckily they, they originally threw up the games that were out there on Saturday and Twitter blew up because they were just awful the way that they did it. Um, and they took off the really stupid game that they were going to put on and put on the game that they really should have had on from the beginning. So, at least they fixed their errors before anything came
0: out. It's good that they listen, you know? Like, you know, listen. Just play the Florida Gators um, against Tennessee on Saturday and you'll be fine. You'll make money.
1: So they, they very well could be in play. Kyle Pitts had another big game on uh, last He's Saturday. He's a beast. He, he, is, he is a beast. That offense is really good. It's nice to see them actually, like, not – play slow, dull football and actually run an offense. That's appealing.
0: Yeah. It's amazing what Mullins can do in such little time. Um, You know, he was, he was a lot of the success in 2006 and 2008. um, Tebow leak era, you know, so, um, and, and they had a lot of weapons. Don't get me wrong. Percy Harvin was a huge weapon in that offense with Tebow. So Yeah. yeah, Kyle Trask, man, he's, he's definitely surprised me. Like, 34 to three touchdown to, you know, interception ratio. And, you know, he's lit up some good teams. So um, I'm, I'm excited for that, you know, potential Florida Alabama game coming in a few weeks.
1: Yeah, it should be a good game. I, see, I always have a problem with teams that have talent or have the ability to have a lot of talent when they run just dull, bland offenses. Drives me insane. Like if you're Air Force or Louisiana Lafayette, these teams that we're seeing on Thursday and Friday – And you run a bland offense that that's understandable because you don't have the talent. If you're Florida or Alabama or LSU, um, these teams that up until a few years ago for some Florida this year, that just run like a dull offense that has nothing to it, it. It doesn't make sense. You have the most talent rich pipelines in the entire country and you have the ability to go out there and light it up offensively, not doing so is just a massive disservice to the team. You can still have a great defense, but there's no reason your offense shouldn't also be elite.
0: Yeah, I think the the Florida philosophy there for like five years was just play defense and let your offense – it just – it never worked. Like, who cares if you lose two or three games a year? Like, you want to win the championship, you want to be in the conversation. Like, you're not doing that playing defense in college football. Sorry.
1: And that's why Georgia hasn't been successful in terms of winning in recent years because what happens is – You can have an elite defense and that's awesome. Obviously you want elite both sides of the ball, but if you have an elite defense and you just have an offense that just can't function against other elite teams, what happens is you pound all the teams that you should beat. And then you go 10 and one or 11 and one, and you lose to those elite teams. Like the Alabamas of the world that can function on both levels on both sides of the ball at an elite level. So it it just, it's good to see these teams that should be running that type of of team that they're getting to that point. Like you don't see right now, uh, you don't see Alabama, you don't see LSU, you don't see Florida running dreadful offenses anymore because they've sort of seen what is going, what it's going to take to win uh, national championships, the Clemsons of the world. Um, Obviously LSU is having a down year this year just due to their quarterback play is terrible. And they, they lost a lot of talent from last year, but yeah, you want to see those talent rich teams actually put that talent to use and not just bore everyone to death.
0: Um, Yeah. I don't really have anything else on the college football front. Um, you guys will have projections and all that stuff up for Saturday. Um, there's a show for Saturdays too, isn't there?
1: Yeah. There's two shows. Uh, we film on Thursday and that can be like your first look and everything it's uh me dan bach and head chopper on thursday nights uh we film at 3 p.m so then you can watch live or check it out after and then on saturday mornings right before lock uh natural slugger and stl cards bring everyone to lock with all the late break news uh as everything's going on that day
0: and again make sure you guys are in discord uh sean i know you know csgo is not like particularly your thing anymore um but man this the four game slate that we have for thursday is awesome uh we have flashpoint 2 kind of kind of coming to an end so we're getting like really good matchups in the playoffs there you know and, and nothing like dreamhack like dreamhack we're getting great matchups because you know we're in one of the biggest tournaments um in the world, and you know, a lot of money on the line. So um, you know, it, it's awesome to see just like these tournaments play out, and like we're getting some really good matchups here and good matches. Like we'll start with the first one here. We got Virtus Pro against Big. Like, this is the number 16 team in the world against number five. Um, big's a on 127 favorite, which is a very slight favorite. These two teams are in some of the best form um, just in the entire tournament in general. And this is one of those matches that can go either way. Like, it's a legit coin flip. Um, I I think when we're looking at, like, projections and ownership, Big will be favored in both. But, like, the biggest thing with CSGO is, like, you got to play the dogs. Like, every once in a while, you got to play the dogs. Because, like, I can tell you right now, when I'm looking at this slate, all four of these teams and matches could go either way and none of them would shock me. So, you know, when you, when you put that in perspective, it really comes down to like roster construction, making sure you're not game stacking and you're really just kind of, you know, making good lineups. Uh, But I, I think Virtus pro has a legit chance to beating big. I think big's the better team. seriously. when he's on um, he's one of the best stoppers um, in Europe. So, I think this game goes either way, but I think if you want some leverage on a four game slate, Virtus pro um, with Jame and Yikender, like there's some serious upside with both of those guys. So um, I know you don't have much to add, but um, I figured,
1: I I mean, I got the projections up and yeah, you're right. Like if you look at it, it's very even, but it basically sort of rotates back and forth between the teams. So you have Sirison and Xantaris. Uh, as the top two projections, and then barely behind them are Jame and Yakindar, who, like you said, if you're going to get them in a significantly reduced ownership, the projection basically is very similar, and it's all based on – a lot of it's based on wins and if they do things. But, like, yeah, you're talking about it from that perspective. Um, it, it's a good way to sort of game theory type stuff, and if you think matches are very similar – and you're going to have a team carry a significant more ownership than another one in a coin flip situation, that's an elite position to find the value. And, and realistically, with the projections, and we've ta- I've talked to people in Discord about it, projections are a good guidance system to sort of see who's going to be owned, who's going to be the highest projected players for each team, and then sort of mix and matching based on that stuff uh, instead of just blindly looking at a projection like this guy's projected higher than this guy. You want to look at more in depth into the perception projections than that.
0: Um, kind of moving on here, we have Astralis versus G2. This is the match of the day. This match is awesome. This is two of the top teams in the world, um, eight versus four. Astralis is a slight favorite here at 176. Form wise, these guys are really close. They've played each other recently. Um, they just played twice in Blast Premier. Um, you know, Astralis won one and then G2 beat them the next day. So um, anything can happen in this one. And the pricing is super interesting because today you can play whoever you want. Um, the pricing is so soft that you can play whoever you want today as far as like CSGO goes. So I think Astralis wins, but I love the upside of like Nico. I love the price tag on Kenny S. Hunter is too cheap. Um, I do think it's super interesting that like the news finally came out that like Astralis has um, glaive calling again, instead of um uh, majestic. So like glaive calling this team, won world championships with glaive as the IGL, it was becoming overwhelming for him with as much as they were playing like online. He took a back, he, he took like a back seat. Um, and, you know, now he's calling again. We know the upside that these guys have this five together has. So I think this is going to be really close, but like Nico's a guy that is one of the best. He's a top three player in the world. Device is a top five player in the world. So like if you're playing this game and you get the, the right side, you want either Device or Nico in your captain spots. Um, if I had to pick your MVP captain spots, uh, because if this game, whoever wins this game, it's likely going to go three, it's likely going to be really close. And whoever comes out on top, the top fragger from one of these two teams is likely going to be Nico or Device. Um, they're going to need to show up big for their teams. And Dupree is kind of the secondary guy on Astralis. Um, Kenny S is the opera on G2. He always has a good chance to go high KD. So like this one should be really, really close. Um. So this is one of those slates where I, I definitely suggest playing like more than one team because there's a lot of different ways you want to build on this, this, this slate.
1: Yeah, definitely. How has Nico been for G2
0: since he moved there? Um. Lately, I would say that he's been okay. Like if you look at like his performances, like today, they played Mirage today and he was just unstoppable um, against Furia a couple of days ago. Um, they played, I think it was like a week or two ago. They played against North and like he hit so many headshots on dust Two, It was insane. So he, he's still that guy, but he doesn't have to be as much of the guy um, as he was on phase. So like when he was playing with phase, he was the IGL plus the main fragger. So like there was a lot of weight on his shoulders. Now he can just go play. Um, and I, th- I think it's going to make a huge difference in like a few months, but right now they're still trying to figure out like, is Jack's going to be the fifth or is Almanac going to be the fifth, um, you know, Nexus trying to learn how to call with Nico. So like, there's still bugs to be worked out and like Astralis is rolling. So like, that's one of the reasons that I think Fury beat G two um, on on, Mon- on on Wednesday because I do think that G two still has some bugs they got to work out.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. I'm sure there's a lot of transitional situations and in, in, especially in something like uh, CS:GO where it's all strategy based.
0: Well, like Hunter and Hunter and Nico are cousins. They've played together a lot, um, you know, just in general. But like. You're you're moving in like a, a guy that's like a top three player in the world, and you're 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 just having to get used to playing with him. So, I think G two will be a top five team um, most of next year. It's just it's going to take a little bit of time. So, uh, the next one we have North against Godsend. I think this is the most lopsided match on the slate. I think Godsend mashes North here. Um, North. Let two guys. Um, t- they put two of the guys to the transfer list. They have a, a sub right now, like kind of trying out for the team. Um, like you know, that's kind of how it works sometimes. And then like that, Kristoff was playing so bad that they like sent him away. Um, like it, you know, it, it's just like this is a this is a great spot for Godsent. Godsent got rid of Crystal finally. That guy is bad. This Godsent team is really good the four of these guys are really good if they can just find that like fifth person as an IGL that kind of meshes with them they they have top 10 potential um I I said that ever since they picked up Farlig but I think Zen Farlig Madden are staples on this slate um I don't mind being different with like Emmy or Stako um but I think like realistically if you're looking at this slate Zen is way underpriced on both Vandal and DraftKings he's one of my favorite floor slash upside plays on the slate. I don't know what projections are saying, but I hope they're on God's <laughs> Yeah,
1: they are. And Zen, I believe, is the top projection in this game. Yeah, he is. He. It's basically the three you said. It's Zen, Madden, and then uh, Farley are the top three projections for this team.
0: Yeah, I think that's definitely right. I, I think, like, Zen's in the best form of the, all these guys right now. Farlex the Opera, so like he always has um the potential to have the best KD. And then like Madden is just a guy Madden chases too much, and that's why he dies a little bit more than the other two guys. Um, like his role is that type of like creator space type of guy, but I think God sent mashes in this spot. But I think if you want to flip it on its head, North is going to be very low on here. Um if you want to if you want to roll the dice. I don't hate it. But I, I like the godsend side way more in this match, way more. Like, it's not even close. They're, they're, they're definitely my favorite team on the slate.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like a situation where godsend would be a much better option in that scenario. But you're right, like, ownership-wise, if you think that there's going to be a result from the other way, you're going to get – it was something like we looked at in League of Legends. Like, towards the end of the season, you could even have two-game slates where one team was, like, plus 300. If they win and you're on them, you're going to cash like minimum, like you're going to cash and then you're going to have a result to possibly win. So it's always a decent opportunity in a situation if they're not, let's say, plus 1000. But if you have a team like plus 250 that you think can get a result, um, it's always a good thing if you know they're going to have no ownership.
0: All right, uh, to finish this out, we got Fnatic against MIBR. Um what a surprise. Nobody expected MIBR that they dumped two of their better players because they were having like issues with like coaching fighting with players and organization fighting with players and like you know, the and they like they picked up these guys. They're in Europe, um boot camping, like they're they're playing at a complex. I forget exactly what complex. I know Liquid is at the Alienware complex, but I can't remember where MIBR is. But listen, these teams, these huge organizations, um, they don't play in like somebody's like bedroom. Um, <laughs> like it's it's a high end complex. I don't know if you've ever like if you ever want to go down a rabbit hole, go start looking up some of these uh, like Red Bulls complex and stuff like that. It's it's crazy. There's some out in California that are really crazy too. So I've
1: seen the Alienware complex. It's it's sick.
0: Oh, dude, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, I think this match is going to be very close. I think Fnatic is well; they're the, they're a slight favorite here, and I think they're going to be a little bit more popular. I think the projections will be on Fnatic a little bit more. MiBR is unproven. If they get in a situation, you know, against a team like Fnatic where they're behind, I don't know if they'll be able to bounce back. But I think MIBR, the way that they're playing right now, the way that VSM and KNG are playing, they have the upside to beat Brolin and Krims. Um, I, I think there's main fraggers on both sides, whichever side you think is going to win this game. But if I, if I was putting money on it, which I'm going to be, um, I'm going to have more MIBR than I am going to have on Fnatic uh, for DFS in this one.
1: Yeah, it's uh, so something that I find interesting in esports compared to normal sports, right, is – let's say I'm on a football team and I'm a receiver and I hate the, the other running back or something on my team. I spend like an hour with him a day. I don't really have to communicate with him. What he does, doesn't really impact me. I go home. I don't talk to him again. I see the same thing the next day. These esports teams are playing together 12 hours a day. It's a lot of the time they're living together. These people, if, if you don't have chemistry from like a standpoint of the people on your team, it is a disaster. I actually there was a the recent so League of Legends had in the last like I think it was like a week, week and a half ago, they had their uh their like free agency system. And right before it, the one guy that taught for Fnatic actually, Bwippo, did an interview that I, I was watching, and it was a really good interview, and I thought it was really good. But on the interview, he basically said he's like, our mid and jungle suck. He's he didn't say they suck, as in like they don't suck in as players, but they don't play the style that you need to play to win on this team. So he said that, well, they kept the jungle. And and then what happened is the interview ended up getting deleted. And I think that there was internal turmoil from that, but it's the same thing. Like you talked about here, when you have these teams that just like bicker and don't get along when they're not playing, it makes it very difficult.
0: Yeah. See, I like Fnatic and MIBR. They've been on bootcamp, um, for i know mibr ever since they got into europe have, like have they been I, I say boot camp so when i say boot camp that means that these dudes are living together and they're they're playing next to each other every day um you know it's what they call boot camp in the world of csgo so um it, it, i think it's huge when teams are boot camping i think that's a problem with some of the like top teams like g2's not doing it i know phase isn't doing it um so i, I think that's one of the biggest issues like I think that's one of the reasons why big went on such a great stretch um, of this online play. They were like, they were, they were camping almost the whole time. And, you know, you saw a huge difference. I think coaching makes a huge difference. We've seen like mouse sports picked up a coach recently and like, he's been getting everything and then some from this roster. So coaches make a huge difference. Boot camping makes a huge difference. It's, it's the little bit of edge that we're looking for. Like Sean, I'm, 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 I'm patiently waiting for land to start back up. <laughs> and when land starts back up, I really hope we still have some really decent CSGO go contest because there will be a huge edge to knowing like who is good online and who is good on land. And I am, um, I'm looking forward to it because I know how to look into all that stuff. So can't wait.
1: Oh yeah. Huge edge. If you, if you know that, those details.
0: Uh, That's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. Again, if you guys haven't checked out the specialist package, add it to your core four. Um, Take advantage of both of these packages. Core four, you get NFL, MLB, NBA, PGA. PGA is ending up, but NBA is starting up. We got a ton of NFL content each and every week for every slate. Um, And then again, with the core four plus specialist, you're going to get NHL, MMA, college football, college basketball, esports, all that stuff. Join the Discord. It's worth the price of a mission. That's going to wrap it up here for Thursday. Hope everyone has an awesome day. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you again tomorrow.